Welcome to the Bitcoin Podcast, episode number 160. Back at it again. I'm your first host, Bricello. And I'm host number two, D. Host number three, Corey. What are we talking about today, boys? I want to talk about how uninspired Cello seemed. Hey, guys. Snuffle off like snuffle. snuffle yes. So I snuffle off a kiss when you started the show. Hi, guys. It's a crescendo, you know, people, they hit play, they get a snippet of our voice, and then the enthusiasm hits when we talk about what we're going to talk about today. What are we talking about today? Set up. Well, we should talk about the obvious, that I went to bed at one, (laughs) (laughs) I went to bed one night. I think it was Wednesday night, and then I woke up on Thursday morning, and the price had jumped from forty seven hundred to five thousand three hundred, and I was like, "Whoa!" I had a straight up Aziz Ansari moment. I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> and I woke up me. to the Slack. There were hundred and eighty messages in the Slack, and I was like, "What is happening?" I have like zero Bitcoin, so that didn't really affect me much. <laughs> You're pretty, I'm pretty diversified. Too. Well, here's I got the thing, though, right? Like, it doesn't matter what. I mean, I guess it does matter what the, how the price moves, but if you if you think about it in relative differences, it's not nearly as big as pre- recent swings. I think it's like 18 percent over the past couple of days, which is which is a big fucking swing. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like in terms of how other things move here, like I I've invested in things that I feel will will. Double, triple, quadruple, 10x over the next five to 10 years, right? And a hundred to two hundred dollar movement, or even like a thousand dollar movement in Bitcoin, it's just is like a less than fifty percent movement. And it's like people don't realize that the percentage gains of Bitcoin are 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 very like the potential for percentage gains of Bitcoin really large. So. $300 $300 movement isn't a big percentage difference. It has it's to not. be like, so like when you say people are guessing like $10,000, $20,000, whatever movement, they're seeing that the potential of Bitcoin is going to raise double, triple, whatever over the long term. So this is to be expected. So like my money is in things that aren't like Bitcoin rises, I think, because it's what people, you say like, oh, have you heard of her? Bitcoin, even with me, like I, I work with like trying to apply blockchains for security reasons outside of like financial reasons, like trying to use it for things outside of, of financial applications. 
And when I try to tell people that, I'm like, oh, have you heard of Bitcoin? They're like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That's going crazy. It's like, yeah, well, I, I work in cryptocurrencies or like, or like blockchain, the stuff that, you know, helps build Bitcoin, but I'm not using it for that reason. And then they're like dumb, like blank face. And then I just say I work in securities like, or like, like cybersecurity. Like, Did okay. you, are you going to turn into one of those people that's like, that Bitcoin, that's a piece of shit, but blockchain, whoa. No. That's everybody Bitcoin. I work with. <laughs> no, Bitcoin has its place. It's just not what I use to do my job. Well, Ian Bellina inspired me. I bought my first token this week. Which token did you get? I got some bat. And it, it took a dump on my portfolio. This is not doing well. <laughs> oh, that's Should right. I, I helped you get that too. Yeah, and it it's been steadily dropping. I've, Shout out the bat. I've I've built such a thick skin over the past uh, four years because I've helped like so many people get token or Bitcoin or altcoins, and they like whenever something is happening, like whenever it takes a dump, they're like, "Hey, man, it's down twenty percent," and I'm like, "Yeah, and." What are you coming at me? I'm on a hold island. I'm, I'm not stressing, but you seem like you were. All you said was bats down 17 percent, bro. He's checking his he's well, checking you know, his portfolio all the time. He's like, <laughs> I check my portfolio, and you know it's just because it's new to me. So here we go. This is a new segment called "What's Marcello Buying This Week." I'm buying <laughs> some fun fair. That's Marcello's that? pick of the week. The hell is fun fair? Is that a thing? Did you just make that up? No, fun fair is a token. What's it do? Uh, we're not we're not brought to you by Funfair, by the way. So don't. This is not a, an ad. We're curious about what Funfair is because Cello is thinking about buying it. It's a game changing blockchain casino technology. Well, they're all that. That's what they, they have on their website. They, <laughs> they all say they're game changing. This is like if you go go watch. Like I think if you. Google Silicon Valley TechCrunch. You'll get a, a, an excerpt from that show, Silicon Valley, of like people pitching their their tech startup at the TechCrunch like uh, what is it competition? And it's like every every other word is innovated, innovation, changing the game, revolutionizing. That's what people are doing. Like it's you, you don't talk about what you're doing without saying the words like revolutionize the industry of blah blah uh. blah blah blah. I can't stand it. It's like everyone just watches Steve Jobs uh, give his speeches and jacks off to him, and they think that's the way it's supposed to go. Like, they watch those conventions where Steve Jobs is getting up there, and he's like, this is the most ridiculously new thing you're ever going to see. And then he unveils something, and they're like, okay, so this is what I have to do to be successful. And it's like, no, at, at the end of the day, when I listen to stuff like that, I'm like, why are you using those words? Like, just use normal words. Everybody here is smart, or they wouldn't even be here. Like, let's try and let's try and get this so that it's for uh, like well, understand. Back, back to whatever this thing is that Cello's trying to do. What is it? Funfair. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I could say, hey, I'm gonna buy some OMG. I'm gonna buy some Golem. I'm gonna buy some some ETH roll. I'm gonna. I'm going to start buying some obscure, uh, profitable tokens that you, know you guys don't know about. That way I have something new to talk about. How do you know they're profitable? <laughs> your, 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 your reasons for purchasing things is because we're not purchasing them? 
Right. So I'm going to do my due diligence in the Ian Bellina circle. You know, the guys that just want to get rich, the people you guys avoid. And I'm going to study those people and hang out with them. And I'm going to give you my pick of the week. I appreciate I appreciate that perspective because you're at least giving me information yeah. that I'm actively not trying to get. Right. I may, I may so, hey. say it's dumb, but at least it's something I don't know. Like, oh, I'm going to come back in here. With, I got... I got Pam Anderson coin. It was crazy. Hey, if that's what the streets are talking about. <laughs> so these trading, <laughs> you have to realize that like trading people, a good portion of them, I'm not going to say all of them because that's, that's not true. A good portion of them are trading for the short term. So if you aren't keeping track of that and you're buying into these things and just holding them, you're going to get screwed because the purpose of them buying them for trading purposes is so they can release them for a profit. They're not holding these You're things get more often wrecked. than not. So you need you need a, you need an exit strategy on when you buy these things. Any type of tra- if you're trading, you need an exit strategy. If you yeah. consider yourself a trader and you don't know when the hell you're going to get out or at what price you're going to get out or when you're going to sell it if it goes the wrong direction, you're going to lose your money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good point because it's like I, you know D's exit strategy is is boat. But I feel like we should <laughs> it, sh- it should narrow down. Like, you know what? If my portfolio reaches three fifty, I'm out. Not even portfolio. It is, you need an exit strategy. You need an exit strategy for each coin. Yeah. If you're gonna trade these things, you need to know how much you're going in at and when you're gonna let it go in either direction. If it goes up, how much what profit percentage you're trying to take, if it goes down, what loss you're willing to take. And, and and in what time frame that's going to be? If you don't if you and don't have at least those three things, you're going to lose your money. Crypto's not going to be the only thing fueling my boat. Like, there's going to be other ideas I have. Crypto's crypto's my launching pad to getting able to see those ideas through fruition. Then I get my boat. This is a true story. I was. Uh... There was an ad. I guess it was on LinkedIn. And it was an ad. And it was like, hey, it's the world's first uh, electronic yacht. It's like, think of a Tesla, but it's a yacht. And it was really small. And I was like, whoa, I'm going to click this sponsored ad for a change so I can tell Dimitri about how cheap this is going to be. Because it was really small. It was like, it was the size of a regular boat, but it, it had yacht features. Like, you know, it had like the swoops and it came to a point. It looked very yachty. It was a little yachty. Um and I was like, all right, if I tell him it's like 100 grand, then we can all get some yachts. That's cool. That's doable. And this little tiny yacht was $498,000. And I was like, absurd. So then I was like, wait, how much do regular yachts cost? Even more absurd. So I think it's stupid. Do you know how much, it's a, you know how much a yacht costs? It's so dumb. They're so expensive. No, it's not dumb if you make money off of it. Like, I don't want a yacht to just have, I want a yacht to, to rent out to people. That just want to have fun on it. Well, why don't you like start by renting out real estate? Like you, buy, you know buy apartments or houses house? and rent those out because that's a much more reasonable thing to do. Then you're you get be the idea like, of like, well, renting. Sure. I feel like you just stole my secret sauce because that's exactly what I was going to do. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's that's way more reasonable in terms of at least getting to that. If <laughs> you could yeah. make money doing that, then you could probably make money with our yacht. You stole my secret sauce, Corey. That's how I was going to do it. And that the house in Augusta was going to be the jump-off point. Yeah, don't you want to? Don't you want to live near the house that you're you're buying? 
Dude, houses don't appeal to me. Offices do. But like no, I, I know, but you're just buying houses and having property managers manage it. No, I'll buy a house and then sell that shit. Yeah, you you have to sit on that for years though. Two years. I think it's two years in order for you to escape taxes of flipping. And any equity is five years. Okay, so I need a pro we're not talking about Bitcoin at all. Talking about investments. <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. talking about investments. Yeah, we are technically an investing podcast. <laughs> and you do know if you rent out your party yacht, you're just gonna be cleaning vomit every weekend. Not me. No Fs. <laughs> oh yeah, not you. But throw that in your some. margins. <laughs> so okay, so then it's either I have two grandiose ideas once I'm out of the rat race. It's boat, big ass boat, or it's virtual arcade. Joy, I'm not gonna be part of those things. I will hey, virtual arcade is gonna be money, bro. Because the virtual arcade is gonna be gonna be built. It's gonna be totally revolutionary. It's gonna have the innovation and power of the blockchain behind it. Well, at least you can have like at least, at least you know what your tokens are for in a in a virtual arcade. If you're listening to this, uh, hashtag crypto dreams and tweet me your when you're done with the rat race. What are you gonna use your crypto on? More crypto. <laughs> oh, dude, a virtual arcade would be so money. And then you could bet on teams that you think are going to win. So like this eSports stuff, you could bet on it. Hashtag steal D's idea. That's what this is. It, well, someone's going to do Spielberg this. Spielberg has a movie coming out right now that's, that's just that called Ready Player One. Yeah, but Steven Spielberg never takes any of my movie ideas from Twitter that I send him. So fuck him. Well, he, he didn't is. say thank you, but he took it. He's an asshole. You tweeted you know that mean? shit to him like three years ago. I remember. Dude, I literally tweet Steven Spielberg ideas, and I don't know if he's taking them or not, and he squatted on it for years, and now he's making it. I'm angry. When D first joined Twitter, he would be like, hey, Oprah, how are you? Or like, hey, Ashton. You know, <laughs> you just celebrities with, when you had like three followers. <laughs> I didn't know hey. how it felt, man. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm talking to Ashley Kutcher. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get back to uh, content. Yeah. So so India is saying that they're going to work on uh, regulating Bitcoin. India is regulating Bitcoin. It's, not, it's official, bro. It's not like – it's not these rumors that we hear where it's like, oh, my God, China is going to take every single miner and turn them into uh, – turn all their mines into station wagons. They're done mining. No. This is official. Um, India's, uh, I think the prime minister. Let me see. Sorry, the deputy governor was like, "Hey, what's going on with that regulation?" And he said, "I'm not going to comment on policy that is being made." So that that is, they're making policy towards to regulate Bitcoin. I think it's a good thing, even though I'm going to get backlash for saying that. Actually, you know, because I. I think it's kind of like those, those pictures you see when they put a fence on a sidewalk, but they don't put the fence in the grass, so you can just kind of like walk around. Like that's kind of like what regulating crypto feels like, I guess, or must feel like. But um, I don't know. Uh, maybe if it is regulated, it gives it a stamp of credibility when places like China and Russia are really trying to shit on it. So I heard about what's going on in the uh, like what happened like. Was it yesterday? Day before? Thursday? Like the Which SEC? one? 
They had a what panel. About the they had a panel that talked about regulating cryptocurrencies. And yeah, yeah. Since it's really something about it, they actually talked about it during the Ethereum DC meetup that I was at um, here in DC on Thursday. And uh, the new hire from or, or uh, Jason Brett from Consensus was talking about it. He's doing a lot of regulation stuff. He'll come on the show here soon to like say it a lot. Like talk about it a lot in terms of what the real things are. I'm trying to find it on, I think it was on CoinDesk. Yeah, it's starting to feel. This is my um, huge ruling. Yeah, find it. We all talk. Do you know that like when I'm around only uh, people of uh, Afro Afrocentric tendencies, like myself, I don't call myself Nostradamus, but I call myself Negro Damus. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't say it on the show because I think it make it make you guys feel uncomfortable. It make you feel uncomfortable, Corey. Wait, like Paul Mooney. Make me feel me that it wouldn't make me feel uncomfortable at all. Like you yeah, like Paul Mooney. Before. Yeah, but anyways, uh, I'm starting to feel like Negro Domus again. Look, I think that the world is trying to poise itself to say like. Bitcoin, I mean, everybody can see this come from a mile away, but Bitcoin bad, cryptocurrency's good. Like, they're going to just, it's a branding thing at this point. And I think the world is trying to poise itself. I think Jamie Dimon being a goon all day, every day is kind of like a a hint at that. Uh, Just a hint at that. This guy is, it's really, it's, 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 it doesn't, it's just not that simple. Like, for people who are making regulation, they can't make regulation just on Bitcoin. That's not general enough. Yeah, no. Like they ha- they have to look at the most general thing possible, which has now coined itself as blockchain. And they need to make regulation around that so they don't stifle any of the possible directions this can go. Right now, the strongest direction is cryptocurrencies because that's that's all we've built so far that people are using. But... By if if they were to pigeonhole themselves into regulating Bitcoin, they could screw up all of the innovation and in all the different directions that people are looking at this. And trust me, the people like in terms of like government, military, regulators, different industrial like enterprises, they're looking at it for very different reasons, and they are looking at it. And so the regulation is going to make sure that it covers all of these things. You don't stifle innovation in some other area by trying to pin down like the movement of money for drugs that will screw over the entire and then they're making sure that they don't do that and the problem is a lot of them aren't very intellectual or knowledgeable on this type of stuff so they're trying to play it safe or get up to speed on a lot of the stuff before they even make a regulation so like like i don't know like Jamie Dimon talks about Bitcoin because all he talks about is money and he doesn't understand Bitcoin. So he's, he says stupid shit. I don't think he should be even looked at. Like he's not going to deal with regulation. He's actually ironically making it more popular by saying something about it. Mm-hmm. What if he does understand it, but he still doesn't like it. That's possible too. There's no reason. Like, like if you understood it, then he'd like it. Like there's That's no the reason for him jump. not to like it. It's just a more general money. If he understood it, and since he uh, since he loves money, he should love it too. Like there's no, if the only reason him not liking it is because it takes away from his gains. Oh, deja vu! You've said that before. 
Probably. Yeah. That's, that's still how I feel about it. So it's. I mean, and like what I said, it may seem very cocky, but if you don't like it, you don't understand it. I think it's like shit. ranch on pizza. I don't understand it, so I don't like it. Well, I could—that's that, something people <laughs> I can understand not liking. Yeah, yeah, just Fine, like that. Is it—is it twice sacrilegious? Some people try yeah. to put the fat-free ranch on there. Ugh. There's nothing worse than eating fat-free salad dressing when you don't anticipate it. You're basically you, like, oh, cool, this is going to be a tasty salad. Oh, oh, cool, somebody put paste on my salad. <laughs> somebody put tasty paste on my salad. Uh, anyways. Yeah, if you don't understand it, it's because you don't like it. I have friends that were calling me out, and only the most prideful of those friends are either A, not contact me to learn about getting Bitcoin, or B, Still holding up the front that Bitcoin is a piece of shit and they don't like it. And so either one of those is like, wow, that takes a lot of human energy not to understand something. You're going out of your way. Especially when you have a conduit such as myself that could tell you everything you need to know. But you're going out of your way to say Bitcoin's trash, it's a scam, it's never going to work. Or buying crypto but going through another avenue to learn it. I want to I learn more about like Ponzi schemes, like the the real definition of Ponzi, and and then apply it, like apply that logic to how Bitcoin works in like a real analytical way. So people, I can finally like put to rest the stupid shit of people saying that Bitcoin is a Ponzi scheme. Can you make it into a YouTube video and we put Waka Flocka Flames music in the background? Sh- sure. <laughs> okay. I was thinking more of a blog, but as we know. My blog's never this actually made it. This is 2017, bro. <laughs> Just make it a video. You got video chops. Do I? Yeah, man. You no, know, people thought that use. people thought that video was gonna like be the future, but I think people listen to audio more than video. Everything's cyclical, but I do think that certain things change the magnitude or the amplitude of those cycles, and I think the amplitude of audio being popular is down but it still comes and goes somebody was I saying think podcasts i'll go, go ahead, ahead Corey. no go ahead y'all y'all stay on topic i just i think audio podcasts are more popular than video podcasts i don't and that's, that's, that's not gonna change way better than regular podcasts I, I don't but that's just because i think that what you're thinking is audio podcasts are more accessible now who 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 listens to joe rogan via youtube a lot like of it's people all, have you looked at the a lot of, downloads no, a lot of people but more people probably do it audio only that's a good question for joe rogan if you're listening out there mr rogan we'd love to have you on the show um just to shoot your shit man who wants to watch a three-hour video of them talking people just put it on well, but if you put if you put play on the youtube and you go to another tab that doesn't count he just put on Burt Kreischer a day ago, and it has 660,000 views. It's crazy, man. It's got 2,370 comments from one day on YouTube. What are all these humans doing? He has 1.7 million subscribers on YouTube. 
we need to tap into this human energy. Let's start having three-hour-long talks and drinking brandy. Hey, what we're not going to do. We're still uh, like a niche podcast. I ain't got time for that. Should we do our interview? Yeah. Uh, nah, fuck the interview this week. No, I'm kidding. Hey, it's two black guests in a row. We got to celebrate. Right, man. Celebrate good times. Come on. He's a producer, right? He's a producer. Anytime an artist, anytime an artist releases something, that's a piece of their life, man. So it's it's them being vulnerable. Yeah, DJ NES or DJ Neverending Story. Great branding, by the way. Um, he was successful, was homeless for a little while, uh, got into crypto, and crypto changed his life. And uh, I don't remember how I met him. I'm pretty sure I met him through Twitter. Um, but um, yeah, it's really narcissistic, actually. I was tweeting a bunch one week, and I was like, man, this same guy keeps liking my tweets. That's pretty cool. So then I clicked on his profile and was like, oh, he's into crypto. No wonder, because he's liking my tweets. Oh, he's a DJ? Cool. And that's exactly how I decided to get him on the show, guys. That's that's how that went down. And he makes like those Soda Beach beats that we used to use from like Super Mario 2. Yeah, Soda Island. Yeah. Soda Island, Boba, yeah. Boba Beach, Soda Island, Boba and Boba Beach. Beach. Yeah, man, I love music like that. And so I was like, hey, man, I like your music. I like your vibes. Come on the show. And his story just... Very interesting. Without further ado, what are you going to say? Uh, you want to plug his EP real quick? He's got an EP called Until Infinity. It's on iTunes. All right, go ahead. Uh, yep, we're brought to you by Pally. Here it is. Hey, everybody. It's your your second host, D. And we have a special guest. We have oh, We always have a special guest, but today... We have a special guest who is another musician. As you guys know, we love to interview musicians because we feel like they are very poised to take advantage of this whole cryptomania that's going on. And today we have with us DJ NES, not Nintendo Entertainment System, but (laughs) DJ NeverEnding Story, a DJ from St. Louis, Missouri, Missouri. As someone from Missouri could say. <laughs> well, I'm kind of from Missouri. A lot of my extended families is from St. Louis. So, uh, but anyways, hey, how about I let you give yourself an introduction and, you know, tell us a little bit about how you got into crypto. I see you comment on a lot of things on Twitter and retweet the things that I retweet. And I'm like, hey, this DJ is into crypto like me. So, you know, tell us that story and its completion and how you got into crypto and what that's about. Man, first off, I want to say, man, I appreciate, uh, appreciate you having me on the show. Like, uh, I've been a fan and actually, um, it's incredible that I was invited here because, uh, I remember you guys interviewed Charlie Lee like months ago. And that's what really helped me like stay, uh, grounded in crypto. Just hearing him speak about, um, Litecoin, which I'm actually a, a big fan of Litecoin, and um, it's actually uh, uh, changed my life. But before I go into that story, um, yeah, uh, DJ's never in the story. Uh, from St. Louis, Missouri. I am a music producer slash, uh, I like to call myself a, uh, a artist as well, just because um, a lot of my music 
it's just me doing my solo thing. Um, I haven't worked with a, a lot of uh, entertainers, rappers, singers, but one guy that a lot of people might be familiar with, his name is Prince E, spoken word artist, um, does a lot of um, uh, speeches and everything about uh, just humanitarianism. And, you know, I'm his main guy. And uh, yeah, uh, he's he's helped me out uh, a lot in kind of getting my name out there. I helped him out a lot in the very beginning stages. Um, and yeah, yeah, crypto crypto came along uh, during a time when I was really in a dry season with my music. I wasn't getting the placements I wanted on uh, the TV and film. Um, areas that I was trying to focus on at the time, just trying to expand my career. But, you know, all in all, like, I'm happy. I'm happy where I am with crypto today. Like I said, it changed my life. How did, how did it change your life? That's one hell of a statement. right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's go back to, um, let's go back to 2015. So I'm, like I said, I was in a dry season with my career and, up until up until then, uh, this was like spring 2015. Up until then, I've worked with a few people in the TV and film industry. The last big project I worked on was with the producers of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. They had a cartoon they were putting out on the effects network called Unsupervised, which I provided all of the music for. Hmm. And 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 yeah, before that, I was doing some stuff for the NBA. I was, I don't know if you ever went on NBA.com. I mean, a lot of people just look at the games, but if you go on NBA.com when they try to do like profile videos of a lot of the players, I was doing like the background music for that and everything. But anyway, like a lot of a lot of the people I worked with were in LA, <clears throat> and you know, I, I kind of felt like I, I maintained a good rapport. Um, with the people that I work with, uh, even though, you know, obviously it's, it's just business, you know, they kind of like find when they find people to do music, you know, they kind of just scour the Internet. And, you know, it's not really like a um, a very tight, tight relationship, but I felt like I had a good rapport with the people. So um, I, I tried my luck, man. I, I was one of those guys that, <laughs> you know, ventured out to L.A. on a Greyhound bus from St. Louis, a three day trip, man. And, you know, with little money in my pocket, just trying to build upon those relationships and progress my career. But uh, unfortunately, <laughs> during that whole process, it kind of led to me going homeless. And, you know, and here I am, you know, finding myself out in the in the streets of L.A., you know, in a, in a foreign city, you know, you don't really know too much of anybody, you know, how things work. And, you know, you got the stigma of a lot of the parts of LA I was in, like uh, South Central. And, you know, I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, city, but, you know, there's stigma around, you know, certain parts if you hear about Compton and, you know, all that. So, you know, I don't, I didn't, I didn't really know my way around and, you know, just, just a little scared, you know, but, um, you know, I I, I maintain uh, some friendships out there. I, I met some people, um, strangers, man, that they helped me help me out along the way. You know, people were telling me, you know, how to apply for jobs, certain ways I can 
kind of uh, <laughs> manipulate the uh, the application to make it look more presentable, you know, to get hired faster. And time passes, you know, unfortunately, I want to say me and my fiance didn't work out. <clears throat> and so now I had this money in the stock market and, you know, I had this wedding fund money. So while like just browsing through, you know, different stocks to research, I came upon GBTC, which was uh, Barry Silbert's Grayscale Bitcoin Trust Fund, you know, and, you know, I said, I, I kept I kept hearing news about this Bitcoin thing. Like, I didn't really know what it does, who is it for, who regulates it, but I keep hearing, you know, it's, it's going to be the future, you know, whatever, whatever. It's a lot of hoorah around it. So I just put some money into that and just kind of just forgot about it. Until I want to say it was June of 2016. And at the time that I bought it, I want to say it was around $50, $55. For Bitcoin? And no, 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 not for Bitcoin. It was on the uh, uh, the GP, uh, GBTC. Oh, the stock, okay. on the stock market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so one day I just woke up, man. And... All of a sudden, my $55 investment, they were 50, I bought multiple, it was like $55 each, but my $55 turned into like 130 like in a day. I'm like, whoa, what is this? I've, <laughs> you know, like my other stocks are not moving like this. What, what is going on with this trust? What is, what is this Bitcoin thing? Why is it moving the way it is? And so I ended up cashing this, um, what I had out of the GBTC and I ended up joining Coinbase, like to get the actual thing. I'm like, man, let me get out of this stock market thing with this and let me just buy the actual thing to see if it's going to move the same way. So, um, I took that money and bought, I want to say close to my first Bitcoin. I think it was around, it was close to $500 at the time. Um, I can't really remember the numbers. Bitcoin's been moving so fast, but um, I ended up getting it. And, you know, months passed, you know, I'm seeing it grow a lot, a lot faster than what I had in the stock market, everything I had left in the stock market. And so, as I said, one of, one of the main guys I work with, Prince E, his, his whole, um, his whole uh, figure was blowing up. And so now, you know, we're getting, nice income coming from everything that he does by me, you know, providing the music or whatnot. And so I was starting to take hefty amounts of what I was earning from a lot of his videos and putting it in a Bitcoin. And from that point on, I want to jump forward to like maybe I think January of this year, 2017. And I think, you know, Bitcoin had just reached over a thousand dollars. You know, I had my amount of Bitcoin and, you know, I was starting to see a lot of this drama about uh, the fork, <laughs> you know, how they were going to improve the, you know, what, you know, everything when it was coming down to the, the scaling, you know, mm -hmm. and I was like, man, I'm kind of nervous. I don't, I don't understand this. You know, should I just go back into the stock market? I don't know what to do. So I said, you know, I'm just going to cash out. I'm going to leave the money in the exchange. 
I'm gonna leave it in fiat on the exchange just in case I want to come back. But right now I'm out. I don't understand what's going on. So from January until March, I took that time to educate myself on crypto, just what it is, what it's capable of. You know, I started to get on Twitter a lot and, you know, just following people like Roger Ver, Charlie Lee, you know, Vinny Langham. He was, you know, that guy at the time, the Bitcoin Oracle, you know, and, you know, just dozens of more people. And, you know, like I said, just learning about what crypto is about, what a lot of these other coins do. You know, I said, OK, let me just jump into the altcoin space. Like I'm really, I'm really trying to see like what they can do compared to Bitcoin. So the money that I cashed out in Bitcoin, uh, it was March 30th. Litecoin, I think it was like four dollars thirty-two cent, thirty-three cent. Every all the money that I had cashed out from Bitcoin, I put in Litecoin. I'm like, this coin isn't doing anything at the moment, but I'm really. I'm I'm really a big fan of what they're trying to do. Charlie, I mean, he's a great guy. He jokes a lot, kind of scares me sometimes, but <laughs> he's a great guy. And I, I trust that, you know, his intelligence is going to take this coin pretty far. And, you know, I was, I was paying attention to technical analysis, too, from a lot of other people while I was trying to teach myself at the same time. But um, just what they were predicting just based on this long accumulation period from Litecoin, you know, it's, it's been like freaking two years of just like being a rock, you know, it was nicknamed the rock. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, March 30th, I went into it, man. The next day, man, like all the money I had, man, it doubled. And from wow. that point, man, I was just sold. I'm like, man, like when it comes to the, you know, the financial aspect, I was just sold. Like, wow. And like later that week, or I want to say the next week, man, it had quadrupled. So from that point on, man, it just really catapulted me to where I am today when it when it comes to what I've earned through crypto. But it also allowed me to, um, you know, it, <laughs> it gave me a little bit of financial security to where I'm not worried about money. I'm not stressing where I can, you know, cut my hours at my job at the time, which I I actually work for myself now, thankfully, and that's from crypto, but it allowed me to cut hours from my job um, and just, you know, just learn more about the space, man. And so here I am today, man, like I'm, I'm just an advocate for, for crypto. Like a lot of people I talk to, I try to, I try to educate them on like, you know, just the basics of it. And cause it can be pretty scary, you know, the same way you can make money from it. You can also lose money or, just, you know, you just get so emotional. I don't like to tell people that I feel might be irresponsible. But, yeah, man. It, <laughs> Say, I'm looking know, out for you. Don't go yeah. into this. You can't handle hey, it. Hey, I mean, you know, the majority of us, you know, especially in America, man, we don't really have financial literacy, man. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm really big on, you know, that type of empowerment, man. Just learning what to do with your money can really change your life around. Even if it's just the smallest little steps, but yeah, man, it's crypto has changed my life. Man, that's it's interesting to hear a story where crypto has actually made a difference financially. You know, typically, you know, what we do on our show is we 
we heavily recommend people don't put their life savings in because if they yeah. do and they can't handle those emotional roller coasters, then things can get really dicey. And, you know, you managed to be obviously on the good side of that coin, you know, so congrats to all the success you've had in the, in the smart decisions there. And Thank you. Congrats to coming from essentially the streets in LA to now you're, you know, choosing your own hours and writing your own checks, it seems like. So definitely, man. And I think that just being in that type of space, just really having nothing allowed me to be open minded about different ways to basically get out of that. Cause I know when you're in the the typical hustle and bustle of life, you kind of get caught up in just, you know, just the little things you could do on a daily just to make money, you know, work overtime at your job, you know, maybe, um, you know, sell some stuff on eBay or something like that. But just being in that, that space and being desperate to get out of it, you know, it just, it allowed me to take more risks. And, you know, of course, crypto, it being so young, we're still in the early adoption phase. You know, it's still a lot of things still are pretty risky, you know, especially like how things are going with China right now. <laughs> you know, oh, it, just, yeah. it just comes out of nowhere, you know. So, but, you know, just being in that space, man, it really gave me the motivation to get, get into this and go hard. Because one thing I did forget to say, out of that money that I cashed out of Bitcoin back in January, I was also... Um, I was, man, I was, I was selling cars on the side. I was going to auctions here in St. Louis, you know, buying what I can and selling it for a profit, accumulating more money. Uh, I was also looking into um, the tax sales we have here in St. Louis. Uh, uh, people that own property for four years, and if they don't pay their taxes, the city, you know, takes hold of it and auctions it off. So I was also looking into property. And actually the same week that I invested in Litecoin, um, days before that, I was actually about to buy this one property um, here in, in the city, um, fairly cheap. It was going to take a lot of work to do to to fix it up. But, you know, I was thinking about flipping that home once I fixed it up. But I'm glad I did make the decision to do what I do and get into uh, Litecoin. And, you know, and like I said, just being a Litecoin allowed me to really you know altcoins a lot better and study them like just being fans of other ones as well but uh yeah man <laughs> like i said I, i'm you know the choice i kind of feel like it was almost like a divine intervention man because a lot <laughs> of things <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't you know just it's just it was just so random man for how i got into it you know like i don't know how other people um first get introduced to uh crypto but you know, that desperation, man, and just going through everything I went to ultimately led me to make the choice that I made. So while you're in crypto, and um, it sounds like you've been in it quite a while, you've been through all these roller coasters. So are you to the point now, especially in your career, where you're going to think about trying to incorporate that into your career? And what I mean by that specifically is, especially with Ethereum, there are avenues for artists such as yourself to kind of leverage that independency that you have uh, by using platforms like Ujo Music and I think there's a couple others 
that allow you to kind of take more ownership or at least have a stronger seat at the table in negotiation when it comes to getting more of the the money from what you do have you have you leveraged that at all yeah i have actually uh the music coin project um man like just seeing their statistics on um the royalty payouts compared to you know like spotify youtube man it's just it's just crazy man because i i give you an example like one play from spotify man when i say point zero 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 like just, just, I don't know how many more <laughs> numbers you can keep going, man. Like, that's what you earn compared to, you know, music coin. Like, literally, just a couple plays can already get you uh, maybe like, I don't know, 30 cent. Mm. Like, and that's, you know, like I said, with Spotify, that's so much of a small fraction of a penny. It's almost, you, you don't even think about it, but. But yeah, man, like, yeah, it's definitely going to change a lot of industries. And, you know, I'm, I'm doing more research to figure out different uh, avenues I can take to get the best bang for my buck. See, that's the that's what I enjoy is that I um I studied motivation not too long ago. And one of the, I guess, arms of motivation is expectancy, you know, and people are all going to be as motivated as what they expect to get out of a thing. So mm-hmm. if the expectancy is low, then it's really hard to get motivated. And that's kind of like how I feel for independent musicians nowadays is that like, okay, I can get my money on Spotify, but I'm getting like, I don't know, a thousandth of a penny per play. So yeah. the the expectancy is low and the motivation is low. Like, ah, uh, how many hours of work do I have to put in? How many hours of creation do I have to put in to get a few thousandths of a thousandth of a penny? And, right. you know, if you can, if there all of a sudden is this higher ceiling of expectancy, then maybe that motivation increases as well. And maybe we get this whole new era of creation where people are actually, people that want to do music can feel motivated to do music because they know the expectancy is a little bit higher because they know if they can release their music on the internet and get money every time that link is clicked. Then right. Well, what, well, what I was going to say was, well, what I think is, I mean, there's already a vast sea of musicians just scoured all over the internet. It's really maybe like thousands upon thousands of new singers rappers guitar players coming out every day so i kind of feel like the motivation is there because everybody believes kind of with that old school mentality hey i put my music out there i'm talented somebody's going to discover me whatever whatever so i kind of feel a lot of people are still motivated from that and just seeing like how in the maybe something like the rap space you know you know the rappers are provoked or for they're promoting opulence and so they feel a lot of these independent musicians feel like it's attainable. Hey, I'm better than them. I should be getting all of that. So I kind of feel like something like, uh, say, a music coin. Um, yeah, I mean, seeing people get paid more for their uh, music than, say, like an iTunes, Spotify, or whatever, you know, it's going to motivate people. But 
Um, just like what a lot of people say when it comes to the arts, man, you really got to do it because you love it because you know, you, you never know how much, uh, this space is going to change. Like just think of like the early two thousands when Napster came around. So say like you were a, a musician that was really adamant about getting assigned to a label, doing stuff the old fashioned way. Now we have like Napster, LimeWire, BearShare, all these other different entities that allow people to download um, illegally sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. And so that can kind of put a damper on the morale of the musician. So uh, you really you really, you really have to learn how to adapt, I feel, when it comes to being an independent musician. Um, definitely take advantage of what's here today, but also be a forward thinker about different ways you can um, have your longevity, you know. What are some of the ways that you had to adapt to even the most recent, I guess streaming is the most recent thing that's kind of took the music industry by storm? Right, right. Well, I think that um, for me in particular, um, as a music producer, you know, you're really, you're not the main act. So your career can only go as far as the musicians um, the singers, the rappers that you work with, you know? So for me, the way that I had to adapt was to realize that me as an instrumentalist, um, my music can serve a, a different purpose than just being the background to somebody else. And that's, that's one way how I got into the ambient space. Um, 2015, um, months before I went to LA, I actually put out my first ambient project with strictly ambient music and and within that project i use binaural beats which a lot of people use for uh, meditation sleep um improving uh memory you know it's 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 a therapeutic process that that comes with it and it allowed me to stand on my own you know i didn't really have to rely on anybody else and that project was actually so, so successful that it made the uh, the top 10 in the new age charts on Billboard. Um, and for a brief period, for, for about a day or I think maybe two days, it was actually number one on iTunes and Google Play in the new age um, genre. And so from that point, you know, like I said, I had to learn that, you know, there are other ways to quote unquote make it when it comes to music. And also, right. Right, right now in the crypto space, like this is, I feel like a whole new type of subculture. Um, and like, I'm really, I'm already a part of it. It's not, it's not like I'm an outsider trying to attract these people, but I feel like me putting my music out and communicating more with um, people in the crypto space, you know, these are new friends, man, that can help me just propel my career. And so just being open-minded to these new spaces advertising to these people, you know, it's gonna, you know, it's gonna benefit me in the long run. So that's how I feel like how I can maintain my longevity right now. But like I said, as I continue to move, I'm just gonna keep thinking of different things that I can do um, just to keep going, man. Found a good niche here in the uh, crypto community. People like the... Hey, man, yeah, man. I, and I love it. I love the feedback that I'm getting, man. Um, because, and also just by me putting out this music, 
um, I'm going to start shooting music videos um, where I'm going to be referencing, you know, crypto in some type of way, either, you know, overt or subliminally, just to kind of get people familiar with certain imagery um, or certain, you know, or maybe even certain um, slang we use in the uh, in the crypto space. Like matter of fact, one of the uh, one of the name of the songs on this project I'm dropping called Until Infinity. Um, it's called Hold H O D L. And I know a lot of people outside of crypto are gonna think like, hey, he misspelled hold, or you know, like what is what does H O D L stand for? Like, but just seeing that might be first that might be somebody's first time seeing something related to crypto, which if they see it again somewhere, they're gonna think back like, hey. This guy DJ Samuel Story, he had a song called H O D L. Let me let me look into that. What what is this? What is this about? And so that might start somebody's journey in crypto. You know? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> That's very true. A lot of people, um, I'm sure when they see a crypto head put hodl or hold, they're just yeah. like, What the <laughs> hell? Right, yeah. yeah. And I take my I think my very first time hearing anything about uh, the crypto space was what was it a few years ago it was some guy I think he was at like a football game and he held up um, I don't I can't remember if he had like a QR code or just maybe like the numbers to his his uh, his wallet his address for his wallet but um, that was my first time seeing somebody really um, talk about Bitcoin I think it was just like a Yahoo article something real small then from that point on I think I saw the movie dope next which was uh something that uh i think pharrell and a bunch of other people put together a couple other rappers and people in a hip-hop space put together and like the plot at the end was <laughs> i think the i think the guys they were trying to pay back some money they borrowed from like a drug dealer or something and they had to make their money um in the black market you know in earning bitcoin <laughs> And so, you know, that was just another another way for me to see Bitcoin doing its thing until, you know, I eventually came to where I'm today. And I think it's from like little tidbits like that. It just kind of just put something in my brain. Hey, you need to start looking into this more. It's uh, it's definitely been, I don't know, we'll say advantageous for those that have held this whole roller coaster ride. Oh, it's tough to hold. It's very (laughs) tough. And, you know, that's one thing that I don't think people give enough holders credit for. Like, for instance, I'll just speak from my personal experience. My family, I may have been crazy five years ago. And now I seem even more crazy now because they're all like, sell it all. (laughs) Sell it. Live. (laughs) Sell it and live. And I'm just like, no. I'm holding. You don't understand, man. You don't get it. And so, <laughs> oh yeah, for the the first year, man, like I was probably getting no more than like three hours of sleep every day, man. Like this market is just so crazy. Oh yeah, it it never stops. <laughs> that's why you have to kind of. That's why I think ultimately a lot of people start to buy in for other reasons than a monetary gain. Because if you're following this market, you'll just go crazy. So it's like, okay, yeah. I need a break from that shit. Let me figure out how this stuff works. Right. <laughs> and, and some other things about this than looking at the market. So Yeah, yeah, man. Um 
Yeah, I, I be. I, you know, just those those drought periods where you know you're you're watching your investment just tank, maybe like 50 percent or more, and like you don't want to sell for a loss. So, you know, you try to think of different ways you can utilize your time. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, you can either get back to your regular life, or you know, just do start doing research on you know other projects, which I did, and um. You know, like I said, that that they got me to a point to where I'm more knowledgeable about what's going on because I think the the, the very first scare I got was maybe like September of last year. Um, I don't know. It was I can't remember. There's so much stuff that goes on, man. I can't remember what was going on, but I know Bitcoin tanked really, really hard, um, and it stayed there for just maybe like a couple weeks. But uh, the second time that really gave me strong hands was when Litecoin was about to activate SegWit. And so, you know, Charlie, he's, you know, he's, he's preaching the gospel of Litecoin. And around that time, you know, Jihan and um, Wang Chun, you know, um, F, F2 pool, you know, they were teasing about supporting SegWit. And I think one day, you know, Wang Chun being, you know, a jokester himself tweeted about not supporting SegWit. So, it caused a lot of panic, a lot of panic selling. And, you know, I'm watching my investment, you know, I quadrupled my money, which I was happy about. I'm just watching it tank. I'm like, wow, am I really going back to beginning, you know, already? But, you know, obviously, you know, Litecoin activated SegWit. Um, you know, there was more stuff that, come, that came out in the roadmap. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad I held out because, um, you know, obviously, you know, that $4 and 32 cent, um, investment, you know, grew to you know, what, what, what did Litecoin get up to so far? Did it, it got close got to hundred, maybe to like 90 couple weeks. Yeah. 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 In the nineties, like a couple weeks ago, I know it's dropped since, but yeah, man, like, <laughs> you know, just holding, man, you know, just, and just learning like technical, technical analysis too, man. It gives you more confidence market trends and just drawing trend lines and just seeing um yeah you, you know take a that, step back from the crazy and you can make yeah, sense you of to, it and yeah just zoom out zoom out you know and just really get a feel of the psychology of the market because you know market analysis is really a, a social study more than like a numbers type of thing and you know just you know building your confidence from just seeing like oh this is a bull flag that's forming right now. Oh, we're going through a head and shoulder. This was very obvious, you know, just zoom, zooming out. It's going to recoup. So, yeah, man, like holding it. You've been holding a lot longer than, than I have for five years. I've only been in it for two. But, yeah, man, I mean, you grow stronger mentally. Yeah, it's it's not enough. It's not maybe it's not growing stronger. But, sorry. Maybe it's not growing stronger, but just giving less fucks. Because it's like whatever, but anyways, tell us a little bit about like the type of music you create and where we can hear it, and then we'll wind it down. One last question, and we're good to go. Cool, man. <clears throat> well, yeah, the the type of music I create is ambient hip hop. Um, no lyrics, no vocalists at the moment. Um, I'm thinking about in future projects, getting artists involved and kind of doing like a DJ Khaled type of thing, just organizing like a 
compilation project of my beats with singers and rappers over it. But for right now, it's just strictly ambient compositions with a hip hop feel when it comes to like the percussion, you know, the subs, the bass, you know. And, you know, a lot of people listen to it, I feel, are people that get the same thing out of the music that I make it for. I make it for people that just love to chill, people that love cruising around at night, you know, in their car with the streets or the highway to themselves, people that love like longboarding in the park, people that love, you know, just doing these different activities where um, you're almost, almost just like meditating without just being still. You're just, it gives you this, it gives you this type of rush that only a chill aspect can give you more than um, something very turned up, you know? And I plan on doing a lot of, a lot more of these strictly instrumental EPs and albums um, just to cater to that audience. But uh, I do it, man, because, you know, this is something I've been doing since 1998, even though when I first started, it was just strictly hip hop. Um, <laughs> the album uh, 400 Degrees from Juvenile, producer Manny Fresh, he was really my very first inspiration. But over time, you know, um, as I said, early in this in this conversation just being open-minded to different ways i can present myself musically has kind of led me to this ambient space and it's something that i feel is truly um that i love you know just growing up you're only really into the different things that you're exposed to from maybe older family members or just people that influence you um that are around you but as you get older you go through a lot of self-exploration and that led me to the type of music that I'm doing right now. Well, I'm glad it sounds like you found your, uh, found your stride. And I hope that everyone that's listening right now listens to the outro music because it's going to be DJ's NES. So Yes, sir. Until Infinity. That's the EP coming out in October. Hope that everybody enjoys it. This is my very first ambient hip-hop project. Any other time it's been strictly ambient or strictly hip-hop, but this is the very first time where I'm meshing the two genres together. So, you know, I really hope that people enjoy it. So, we are going to ask you one last question. And uh, I'm sure you're going to knock it out of the ballpark. We ask it to everyone. And that question is, in 10 words or less, can you describe Bitcoin? (sighs) 10 words or less to describe Bitcoin. (laughs) (laughs) Bitcoin is the new paradigm that will change the world. That's 10 on the dot, I think. Wait a second. New paradigm that will change the world. Yeah. If we count, <laughs> Bitcoin is, you're right at 10. But right now you're at 8. So uh, there we go. <laughs> Congratulations. Nice. That was a, that was, that was a good uh, guess. I actually wasn't even counting, but cool. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised, man. We have some people who 
pass it great and some people who fail it horribly. So, <laughs> nice. well, um, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for taking the time to come out. And uh, we're going to get your music on the outro. And yeah, man, just thanks for stopping by. Hey, man, I appreciate you having me. Hey, everybody. Uh, that's creepy. That was a creepy voice you did there. Someone bring in the next podcast episode. Hey. Hey, I'm, guys. I'm Ken Kniff. Okay. <laughs> and that was the interview with DJ Never Ended Story. Hope you guys I didn't, enjoyed it. I didn't hear it. Was it good? It was good. I really enjoyed that interview. I liked it. I've always liked the interviews where it's not like, this is my product. This is what it does. It's revolutionary and innovative. I like like the people talking with people. How crypto changed to whatever they did. Ooh. Why they think crypto's awesome. Next episode is going to be awkward. Why? <laughs> you is it basically next just described. Yeah. No, no, no. I just like it more hearing from the people. Not like. Oh. It's not like I hate interviewing everyone. No, if somebody's got a project, I like hearing about that too. But I like more. Like, we interviewed that farmer. The farmer from Boston. No, I'm kidding. He was a farmer from Boston. No. Sorry, Australia. Australia? (laughs) Sorry, I got my Transformer farmers mixed up. Farmer? Well, farmer. Pally's revolutionizing the industry. Did you know that? I, I didn't know that. Who is this, Pally? Please go on. <laughs> uh, they were on our show, so they're legit. But let me tell you why they're legit. <laughs> they're revolutionizing the industry because they're a decentralized social travel app that has an entire ecosystem comprised by Pally Social. So let me break that down. Uh their application has been live for about six months now, uh, and they have a community marketplace called Pally Adventures, where you download the app, and visitors can immerse themselves in new cities through experiences that are hopefully unique. And this is all curated by local hosts that, that use it. So uh, this podcast is all about community. Pally is all about community. So it's a good good fit. Uh I've been running press releases for Pally that kind of is telling people more and more uh, kind of about the app. And the the latest one is they have a no tolerance policy for abusive, malicious, and violent behavior. So safety is like their top priority. Uh, the pre-sale in August sold out in 11 minutes, and the team is busy preparing for the upcoming crowd sale, which is today. So go on over to Pally.co, and we hope to see you there. Nice. I'll, I'll, be using the jingle. I'll be using that stuff over in uh in London, January when I go out there for a in London town. Nobody's gonna take that jingle. You get the jingle. Oh, Corey jingle, missed man. my jingle. I Corey missed jingle. my pally. Oh. Well, here we go. Here we go. If you're traveling in a foreign land and you're in a dark alley, don't be scared. Just use pally. 
He used that last time, and it wasn't very good because it doesn't really make sense. It does make sense. That's the way I've always done it, right? Be better than that. Okay, here's another one. Here's another one. If you find yourself in Northeast Africa and you want to see a rally, then you need to open up the Pally app. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You start better. <laughs> Only rallies take place in Northeast Africa, by the way. There's got to be better know. words that rhyme with pally than rally. Yeah, mine, mine last was if you find yourself in Cali or maybe even Maui and you bump into Ronda Rousey, pull out your pally. It doesn't make sense, but at least... There's some cool yeah. rhyming words in there. Excuse me, Miss Rousey. I need to open up my Pally app. See, that doesn't make sense. It's a work sense. in progress. You, we'll, get, we'll get there. Just use Pally. <laughs> use that yeah. shit. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do we need to talk about I it? Like Pally. Oh, there's something I wanted to look to talk about here in a moment. Uh, so there's a PSA that's currently reading on r slash uh, Ethereum about kind of another type of phishing or problem you can have when trying to to buy things or send money on the internet using Ethereum or Bitcoin is like there's, if you, you can get malware on your computer that as you paste addresses, you caught like the only way to like, it's, it's the best practice for moving one address to another from like your wallet to like a, an input screen on, uh, on a web page is to copy and paste it and not try to re- re-enter it yourself so you don't screw up. Well, there's malware that can go on your computer that will basically alter, if it's an address you're pasting or copy and pasting, It'll as you paste it, it'll alter the address from the paste, like when you click paste and when it enters onto your screen, to someone else's address. So if you're just relying on copy and pasting and then they're not double-checking to make sure the address that you pasted is the one that you copied, you end up sending all your money somewhere else to just some hacker who put malware on your computer. So always check to make sure that the address that you pasted is the one that you copied. If it's not, you have malware. You need to figure out where that comes from. But the easiest way to do that is to just check the first four letters and the last four letters of the address because it's very difficult to, if not, you know, not impossible, to deterministically, deterministically create addresses with the first four letters and last four letters that are the same of someone else's address. So if, you, if those if those match up, your address is the same, you're good to go. So here's a question for you guys um, that may help the audience. That is, what type of security software do you use? Do, here's, here's your word, Jello. To inoculate you from the baddies. What? Yeah. I don't really. Oh, so you just go on the internet with no protection at all, so your computer has syphilis? Oh, I have, I'm behind a bunch of firewalls on my home network. Speaking of I, security, didn't McAfee say he was going to eat his dick on stage if something something happened? And didn't it happen? Like, no, I was like, Bitcoin was going to reach like 600,000 or something like that. Uh, we're ways off. Okay, yeah, he's got a, he's got a while to go though until that that prophecy comes true or doesn't. Like, like I I, very... I control my home network, very like a like like the Iron Throne. Like I, it's it's mine. 
Only some things get in, only some things get out. So I'm not worried about my computers much because I check my traffic regularly using like I have you traffic uh, monitors. Have you is it so streamlined that only sixty frame per second porn can enter? Nothing less. No, not a, I have not I have not optimized that section of my of my network. <laughs> no? No. You should really get on that. Then. Yeah. You don't want that's, no bad That's why you have malware and you've always had all your all your computers have been slow as hell. Not I true. live I live with D for a long time, audience, and I swear to God, he'd buy a new computer, and the next week, it's like, this thing doesn't work anymore. It's because he has just malware all over it. It would take, like, at least two months. Um, but I've gotten much better with my porn searching now. So it's not it's not yeah. even stop, stop clicking on things. That's pretty much the gist of that story. Yeah, 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 that yeah. You're going to yeah. be, like, you are, like, the grandpa that has just, like, broken his computer because he clicks on everything that shows up. That says anything. As long as there's as long as there's enticement of naked women, you will click on it. No, no, no. I've gotten much better now. But yeah, that used to be the case. Tabs on tabs on tabs. That should be porn. Uh, uh no, man. Of my portfolios. Yes. Whatever. Yes, whatever chef. Whatever shows up on his computer, he's gonna click on it. Like, oh, this is neat. I'm gonna click on that. Yeah, We're I think I, I remember I had a problem when I went to like I went to I went to like a lab for like a chemistry class or something. And you and James were kicking it back in my dorm room. And I came back and you guys were like it was almost like intervention faces that you guys were making at me. And I was like, what's up, guys? What's the problem? And they were like, oh, we were just on your computer, like trying to use the Internet. And we when we put a letter in it would automatically populate a porn site before we could put anything in the web browser. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yeah, man, that's totally normal. We, we literally then, went through every letter of the alphabet. <laughs> and you guys were like, no, man, every letter is a porn site that automatically populates the web browser. And then I figure out how to start surfing the web without that stuff showing up. <laughs> Why? Well, let it show up. You're a grown man. Yeah, own it. Yeah, but in college, it's still <laughs> awkward. Uh, I know it had to be awkward from you for you guys too using that keyboard. So, yep. So PSA: check your copy and pasted addresses when you copy and paste any type of cryptocurrency address into a web browser. There you that's go. All, that's, that's all, all that you came. have to do. <laughs> because your you pro- computer probably has malware, especially if you're not checking it as regularly as I do. Yeah, I need to re-up on my malware bytes. Thanks for reminding me. Dude, malware bytes. It, malware bytes is the best thing on the planet. Yeah, malware bytes. In fact, I need to make sure I get that on this laptop. Let's get them. Let's get them as a sponsor. I I can get behind them. I, yeah, because I pay them, or just get a Mac. I have a Mac. I actually have. Yeah. I'm, I I sit. I use all three Linux, like all three operating systems simultaneously. Just because. I'm a, I'm that guy. I have I'm sitting in front of four computers right now. That's what my desk is. Yeah. Whenever somebody says, "Does this come on Linux?" I'm always like, "Who is this fucking?" Guy? That's me. That's that guy. <laughs> this fucking guy. 
What is he also loading up Doom from the MS DOS? Anyway, Anyways, wrap it up. Uh, yeah. So one sixty hey. in the can. Episode one hundred sixty. We uh, yeah, man, that's a whole lot. And think about like me and you. We do block channel on the side. Uh, we've been on podcasts. We're just podcasters now. That's what we do. Are you guys a part of Block Channel? Like, yeah. I just yeah. thought that you you do guest appearances every episode. No, we're, we're no, part no, of no. Block we're, Channel. Me and Deer were like part of Block Channel. Just wait. Let me run this back. Did you just say I just thought you did guest appearances every episode? Well, Is I thought you just said? I thought Mackie was like, "Hey, you guys want to join me every episode?" And you guys were like, "Okay, sure." No, we're a part of it. We help produce it. It's like saying Uncle Jesse was just a guest. <laughs> I mean, he he lived in the house, but he wasn't on the mortgage. No, I'm talking about flip that analogy back on you. Oh, you got me. Damn, I didn't see that coming. How'd you, have, why'd you get so grown on me? Hmm. Anyways, um, you can find us on Twitter at the BTC Podcast. We also the other shows have Twitters too. We should probably learn them. Uh, but the other shows on our network, hey, buy or sell, what the hell? Going two, three episodes strong now. Uh, An Ethereum podcast instead of the Ethereum podcast. Um, or as we like to call it, and you guys, since you're official fans of our network, can also call it uh, Evan Van Essence with Evan Van S. Um, <laughs> and then we also have Block Channel. And uh, Ken's coming back. I just got the word from him. I literally just did. He's got an episode with Jack Tater coming up. And then he's got um, two other, I don't know who the guests are, but so they, they're in security, um, which is, I guess, a soft spot for Ken nowadays. Um, what else do we do, guys? We do stuff. Join the Slack. Talk to us. There's a, The conversations are getting better and better and better. More people keep joining. Being very active, having conversations about crypto, trading, security, new questions, off the real questions, asking us things. You can reach almost anyone in the entire network through our Slack. Mm-hmm. They're always there. Got questions. Do you want to talk? Want to meet people who also like this show or don't even listen to the show but hang out in the Slack anyway? Join the Slack. Join it. Yep. You got to join. You got to join the Slack. And you don't get you don't get all those crazy like people trying to fish you, tell you that you need to trade your tokens in for new tokens. Stuff you get in a lot of the other Slacks because we don't sell anything. So there's no reason for them to come to us and try and chill all of our listeners. So yeah, it's just people. Yep. Uh, we got nothing more. Uh, play. Oh, I got one thing. Die, Dr. Pepper is disgusting. All right. Play. Oh, shout out to Zoe Saldana. Her Instagram is boring, though. Play.